0: My senior year, man, it was like, you know, the toughest time of my life, I, first time ever. The second time that the game was taken away from me outside of my, my hip surgery, but now it was taken from me for good. Um, so another way that I was able to kind of get out of my uh, my depression is um, I started kind of writing about what I was going through because somebody told me that that would kind of help me, um, you know, kind of get out of my depression and it kind of helped But what I was going through was journaling. And I started writing not understanding that I was writing a book, and once I got to a certain point, I said, man, I could turn this, turn this into a book. And I was able to finish the book. Coach Cal um, wrote the fort for me, which was kind of dope. And the first time that um, I spoke about my story, I spoke to a small group. It was only like five to seven people. And I watched how my story resonated with those five people. And I said, man, I think I got something here.
1: Today, we want to introduce Twani Beckham, author, producer, keynote speaker, Enthusiast giving back to the kids, former University of Kentucky basketball player, spent some time at uh, Mississippi State as well. Uh, Twenty man, thank you for taking some time uh, out of your schedule to join myself and Kyle here on the Underdog Podcast.
0: Yeah, man, thank y'all for having me. I truly appreciate this opportunity.
2: No doubt, definitely, definitely. I was so, trying to figure out real quick <clears throat> before we get into his Underdog story. What he looks like No, he's from. Well, no, I know, and I might. You guys actually kind of look alike, maybe. But come on, man! But but <laughs> <laughs> that's what I deal with. But, uh, you're from Louisville, and you went to UK. What's what's uh, man? That's that's uh, and grew up a huge and grew up a huge UK fan. So let's 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 throw the UK U a uh, little little fire to start this thing off. What's what's going on there?
0: <laughs> I mean, it was always a, a dream of mine. Um, I grew up with two people who actually kind of blazed that trail for me, um, Derek Anderson. Who played at UK, mm-hmm. um, won a championship, and also I was close friends with Rajon Rondo. Um, he was a couple of years ahead of me. We used to work out and all the time, and we played for the same same AU team growing up. So when he went there, I was like, man, this is this is real. I could do this, and so it was kind of you know um, gave me you know the inspiration that you know I could go to UK and play as well.
2: Yeah, no doubt. I mean, UK is, is the uh, uh, blue blood of college basketball. So nothing wrong with that, but just, just being yeah. down in. Uh,
1: and when you're, you know, obviously when you are, you know, coming out of, of high school and, and obviously highly recruited and, and whatnot, and just being, that's the that's a mecca of basketball. So just being yeah. from Louisville and being a, a UK fan, it's definitely kind of like me yeah. being a, so I live in Ohio and I'm a Michigan fan. Okay. So okay. like that
2: rivalry there. So yeah, I, I, he's, I he's not smart as you can tell.
0: <laughs> uh, From Ohio, you can skip that on all state.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He, he just he just yeah he just. But, I don't know, man. We, we're trying to figure it out still. Fifth grade, fifth grade. I went with a diehard Michigan
1: fan to my first college football game, and that environment came home every Saturday after that. Turned the games on, and then about four years later, I realized like. Uh, I got this backwards. I'm,
2: I'm I'm living in the wrong place, cheering for the wrong team. But so so I I grew up Ohio State fan. So he's Michigan. So I, I've seen that rivalry. Went to a couple of games. I went to U UK at U at uh, Yum Center, and I saw Tyler Hero put like 30 and just ripped the the Card Nation's hearts out that game. And there was a lot that 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 is very heated. I've seen you know like you said Cincinnati yeah. Xavier. You got U UK that. That bluegrass battle, that's that's right up there, man. Yeah. So, anyway.
0: no, no Duke. No Carolina Duke.
2: Definitely. Definitely. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's right up there.
1: Uh, well, let's get into it, man. Um, you know, as I say, all of our episodes, you know, we, we like to kind of highlight, you know, some of those adverse moments or maybe an underdog story. Um, and kind of really before we get into, I really want to talk about, you know, um, you know, what really happened with your back and how your career kind of came to an end with that. But, um, take us back really, I guess, to coming out of high school. Um, you were obviously a great player in high school and went to Mississippi state, but can you kind of just talk us through, um, you know, your later years of high school and then your transition into college?
0: Uh, I was funny because man, um, I tell, I tell this to people all the time, and I was a better football player than I was a basketball player. And I actually got recruited at my high school to play football. Um, but I was tall. Um, I really handled the ball, dominated um, all age groups when I was a kid. So when I got to high school, um, I didn't play a single snap of football. Not, not one snap. <laughs> I, just, I just completely uh, converted over to basketball. Had a great career at We um, di- dominated the high school scene for, for three years. Uh, my freshman year, I didn't play a single uh, game of varsity because I was still caught up in the, you know, the stuff I was caught up in, uh, get kicked out of school, just being bad, just doing dumb stuff. In my for my freshman year to my sophomore year, I grew from six feet to six feet five in uh, one summer, and coach allowed me to still be the point guard and everything. After that, is history. Um, but when I graduated from from Ballard, I had actually signed with IEPY up in Indianapolis, um, and um, a lot of people, you know, thought I made a kind of a a, a rushed decision that I was a um, I could play at a higher level than that, and so I listened to those people and um, I backed out of my my commitment. And ended up going to a prep school which completely changed everything for me um i went to a prep school up in new hampshire called new hampton prep while i was around seven to eight other division one players and we played against in our league up there it was really tough we played against i mean nba players every other night high level college players every other night so it, it allowed me to kind of boost my recruitment and so i started getting recruited from um you know all schools around the country you know when i was in louisville playing at ballot, I was kind of recruited by a select group of schools that was kind of in the region. Um, but when I went to prep school, I started getting looks from people all over the country. So, you um, know, I went on my I, I had five visits scheduled. I went on my one visit. I committed to Mississippi State. Um, great career there. Uh, played there for two and a half years. My freshman year, we won the SEC championship. And um, my sophomore year, uh, you know, I had uh, set out the entire year because I had to have double hip surgery, which a lot of people don't know. I missed my entire sophomore season, um, you know, rehabilitating my hips.
1: Now, what what um what what led to kind of the hip surgery or did that have any, I guess what started to lead to, you know, your your back issues?
0: Um, it's like the doctors they they you I asked, man, it's like that's an answer that I probably would never get. Um, I didn't get at the time. It's it's why my back went out. Um, I know it was two herniated discs, but um, it could have been from my hips. I had bone spurs on my hips as a as a sophomore. Um, it's funny because my dad had them in his feet, and um, you know it was to a point to where in my sophomore year in college, man, I could not move. I couldn't walk. They were that they were that painful, so I had to get the surgery. Um, and then my senior year in Kentucky, um, I woke up one morning out of my in my dorm room, and I didn't have any feelings from my hips to my toes, like no feeling at all. Um, I tried to practice that afternoon, man, and I went up to shoot a layup. And came down and, um, you know, coach screamed at me because I heard about the layup and I had to kind of, you know, go off to the side. And when you tell somebody, you look your coach in the face and tell them you can't feel your body, you can't feel your legs. That's something he probably has never heard before. Um, and Then I went and got the MRI. And then uh doctor said, the only, only way I could, you know, get feeling back in my body is if I get the surgery. Wow.
1: Hmm. I just <laughs> go from being – so let's <clears> –
0: <throat> well, You go You go from being a – yeah. Uh, the the national championship the year prior to that, to now, this is my senior year opportunity for me for, to really step out there and, and get on the court and, and provide a, you know some key minutes to my team. And then to one day, you know, doctors tell me your career is over and it happened that fast.
1: And that reminds me, so kind of listening to doing my research on you, you one of the things that I found was inter- interesting was, it was kind of something I heard about Kobe Bryant that when he was still playing ball, he was starting to write and work on his craft and doing other things outside of the game. And if you want to take it from there, I know that you, unfortunately, you know, your lifelong dream of playing basketball and hopefully making it to the next level came to an abrupt stop, but you were already doing some other things outside of the, off the court, um, kind of building yourself for your future.
0: Yeah, it's funny how God works, man. Um, You know, in high school, I didn't take school serious at all. Um, it was all basketball, all basketball, you know, and I come from a family that, you know, there, there wasn't many educated people. My mom didn't graduate from high school, uh, never had my dad around, um, You know, all I had was um, athletic coaches um, pushing me to be the best I could be on the court. Um, so I didn't, even, I didn't have the education background. So in high school, I didn't take it serious. So you when know, I went to prep school, and I kind of seen how serious they took school in my prep school. And it kind of started to change the trajectory of how I thought about education. Um, so when I got to college, um, I should have graduated in Mississippi State in three years with a business degree. When I transferred, I was one semester short of graduating in three years. So when I got to UK, UK would not accept 30 credit hours for my business degree, so I had to change my major. And it's kind of funny, like I said, funny how God works because I never thought I would be a speaker, never thought I would be a writer, author, um, none of these things that I am now. Um, I went into the communication field and, and in that field, you know, you have to you know, present in front of your class, you have to write a lot of papers, you have to, um, you know, get up and speak in front of a bunch of people. Um, and that's when I started doing it and I was like, man, I kind of like this, I love this. So um, when I had back surgery my senior year, man, it was like, you know, the toughest time of my life, I, first time ever, but second time that the game was taken away from me outside of my, my hip surgery, but now it was taken from me for good. Um, so another way that I was able to kind of get out of my uh, my depression is um, I started kind of writing about what I was going through because somebody told me that that would kind of help me um, you know, kind of get out of my depression and it kind of helped. But what I was going through was journaling. And I started writing not understanding that I was writing a book. And once I got to a certain point, I said, man, I could turn this turn this into a book. And I was able to finish the book. Coach Cal um, wrote the four for me, which was kind of dope. And the first time that um, I spoke about my story, I spoke to a small group. It was only like five or seven people. And I watched how my story resonated with those five people and I said, man, I think I got something here and I just continue to write because I I love how, how your story can just transform the minds of so many different people because everybody got a story and everybody's looking for some inspiration. So, I man, I just, you know, I just fell in love with, you know, that process of working hard, sitting down, creating, writing, knowing that whatever you write can, can change somebody's life.
1: Now, did you talk to anyone else, you know, through this depression as far as like professional help? Or was writing really kind of the the medicine that you figured that just ended up helping you?
0: Writing was the medicine. It's like um, I wanted to kind of suppress and hide, you know, how I was feeling. Because it was to me at first it was like an embarrassment because I was back at home, um, you know, playing in front of my family, all the fans here in Kentucky, uh, especially because everybody know me here. So it was, you know, and, I, and I've always promised my mom that, you know, I, my family that was struggling in the projects, like, I want to help us get out. I had the talent to help us get out. Um, and it felt like I let everybody down. Um, it was something I, I couldn't control, it was out of my control. Um, so it was kind of something that I wanted to hide. I wanted to kind of stay away from everybody. I, went, I wanted to fight, that's how my whole life, I've always fought through my adversity on my own. Mm-hmm. Um, just so happened in writing, you know, God, thank God put that on my lap, man. That's like, I, I couldn't have predicted it any other way. Like I couldn't have predicted that I was going to, you know, be this author or, or write or use that as medicine, like you called it to uh, help me get out of my depression.
1: And that was a book, Full Court Press, correct?
0: My first, yeah, Full Yes, sir.
1: And I know you, you said he's gone on record to say, you know, you believe it's the best book, you know, ever written out there. Um, and I haven't had a chance to read it, but I, I added it to my cart because, you know, just obviously having you on the show and, and yeah, anything.
0: Full Press is, is an amazing book, but I feel like, I think the book you're talking about is Pressure.
1: Oh, okay. Pressure. I'm sorry.
0: I feel like it's the, it's, feel like it's, the, it's the best book in, in, in the country.
2: Awesome. So, so explain a little bit, cause I would like to read it too. So how to overcome life's challenges. Kind of, kind of tell us maybe a little bit of a, a, a overview of, of this book.
0: Yeah, so I'm huge on, um, you know, I'm huge on people, seeing people heal. I'm huge on seeing people happy. I'm huge on seeing people walk in their truths. So with this book, man, I was able to um, look at my life um, from a very high level perspective and everybody who was involved in my life, or who has been in my life at some point of every or every step of my journey. And I know everybody got their own struggles. Everybody got their own paths that they're taking. And I know everybody got their own adversities, which I call pressures. And so I was able to sit down with, um, and interview those people in my life, like my mom. You know, I, I wanted you to get th- those their perspective. So, like, I start the book interviewing my mom, like asking my mom questions. Of, you know, mom, how was it raising us? You had three kids living in projects, no fathers. We all had different dads, no fathers, But uh, around you. My mom, the most money my mom ever made was twenty-seven thousand uh, dollars. I think at the time we were kids, I think she said she was making 19, three boys. Um, so, you know, mom, how was that? I said, of course, I'm a kid. I don't know. You know, all I know is I'm going to school every day. You put us on the bus. I'm coming home. We going out. We going outside to play ball. We coming home. We going to sleep. We doing it then the, a day and day, every single day. But how was the the back end of that? You know what I mean? Like you know, sometimes we had our lights cut off. Uh, my mom could buy us Georgia, We wanted them. You know what I mean? We had to go sometimes buy the the low level clothes. You know what I mean? Because we couldn't afford everything else that people was wearing. So, mom, how was that? So you know, my mom spoke on that, and then speaking of that, she healed because some things she had never talked about, especially to us, such as me. Um, I was able to, to sit down with my father. You know, my father didn't come around um, in my life until I got towards my later, my latter years in high school, and I was able to sit down with my father and say, "Hey, Dad, like, why wasn't you there?" And for him to to kind of openly share why he wasn't there, um, he was able to heal. And now our relationship is is great. Um, some of my friends, my brother, me, and my brother had um, a little, I ain't gonna say disagreement, but my brother felt like I left our family when I went to college. And I'm like, bro, like if you only only knew I went to college just trying to make a better way for our family. But the whole time he's thinking like, you betrayed us and you left us. You know what I mean? So we had that one-on-one conversation and interaction that those conversations are in this book. And so there's many people along my journey who who are very close to me that I was able to sit down and just, you know, just you know, kind of have a conversation with them, and them open up and share their adversities and their perspective on life, and also their relationship with me. And um, I try to touch on wherever you, whoever you are in life, whether you black, white, a kid, an adult, grandparent. I try to touch on every perspective in life that, or some type of adversity that you would go through. And so many, and so many people are affected in different ways by the book.
1: What, um, <clears throat> what community work are you doing? Because I, th- I found that very fascinating as well. Some things you're doing in the community.
0: Yeah. So I, uh, so before COVID, I had, um, kind of, kind of to this, um, to this liking, um, to what I was just saying the pressures. pressures, I, mean, I, I put on two events. Um, it was, I did a, a mother daughter event. I did a father son event. Um, and those events were conferences that I, I did out of my own pocket. Um, and I got the father son event. I got all fathers and their sons to, to come, you know, to a conference and, kind of bond with their fathers in ways that they never had before. Um and it was dope, packed, um, packed house. And it was a uh, my, my father who has who kind of stays in the shadows, uh, was there, was able to come and, you know, we openly in front of a lot of people, shared our, you know, our, our trials and our tribulations to, you know, with the entire crowd and we had breakout sessions. It was dope. And also I did the um, you know, I did the same thing with the mother daughters, which was kind of dope too, man. There was that was some some powerful stuff um it wasn't a lot of meals there of course i was there because it was my event but i was able to kind of sit in, sit sitting on some of those conversations man and, and i think a lot of people a lot of a lot, a lot of mothers and daughters were healed from from those type of interactions and outside of that man of course i go back to you know the um the football team that i that i played for there's a lot of events that i pop in on and do speaking engagements for so man, i try to give back as much as i can
2: that sounds great maybe me and you should go no doubt, we need to work on our relationship. <laughs> no, I don't know. Will you accept uh, yeah. Calvin and Kyle? I was
0: working on. Was working on a, I'm. I'm. also huge into. It's kind of funny. I'm also huge into health and wellness. So I was also um, working on a huge health and wellness conference um, that I was going to do for the community, but I had to switch the dates because because I was real focused on passing this agency exam, so I couldn't really put my time in. The, you know, putting on a, a large conference and, and trying to focus on that at the same time just kind of tough. So I pushed that back. So I am going to still have it, just not not sure when.
2: Man, this guy, I need it. Th- I need I need him in my life because no I just weighed in last night. Update to everybody. I'm on a on a weight loss challenge, and I actually gained weight on vacation, so that's not good. Now two sixty two, two sixty two, and I got to get the two twenty five. There's a fifteen thousand dollar bet that if I lose, it goes to the the homeless of Cincinnati. If not. It's going to Jed Fish, who's the Arizona football coach, ch- charity out in Tucson. So, but today is the day.
1: And I usually draw. I usually have a joke there to follow, but I'm, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm in his corner today.
2: Yeah, I'm, 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 <laughs> okay. I'm feel. I, I, I blew it out. So if you have any recommendations, feel free to. I know. we, you got my digits. So feel free to shoot me anything you got, because I got, I got it by November 27th. I got to lose about now 35 lbs. So <sighs> got a lot of work to do.
0: You can do it. Just grind every day. Watch the cheat. There it uh,
1: is. There. Let's go. Um, now, you're also a producer.
0: Yep. Mm-hmm.
1: Um, can you talk a little bit about that project?
0: Yeah, I started. Uh, I don't know if y'all had a chance to watch it, man. So uh, I started a company called Behind the Life, and um, our first, um, our first kind of gig was I went to back to uh, my projects called Beach of Terrace. And and um, they're not they're not there no more. So I wanted to do something special for the community before they tore the projects down. A lot of my friends have died in those projects um, a lot of my friends have died in those projects a lot of people that I don't know have died in those projects that's where I am from so um I wanted to go back man and kind of highlight the good that that's in the area because I don't think if you pull up the the, the name of the projects on on Google is the only thing's gonna pop up is the murders and it's a lot of good that's come from those a lot of good people that come from those those projects so I wanted to go back and, and do a documentary and highlight you know just you know the people that that serving the community, to serve the community centers, some of the people that like myself who have made it out, who are doing great things in life, um, and kind of just highlight that for the world to see, man. That that you no know, matter how they pinpoint and how they target us as as Project Kids and label us, man, that's it's not the case in all in, in all facets. So it was a great project, man. I put it out about a year ago. um It's dope, and y'all gotta, gotta check it out.
1: Definitely, man. definitely will for sure. What um. <clears throat> so I do a lot of our internal hiring here and interviewing people. One of the questions that I stole from our mentor was, you know, what are some of the characteristics or traits that, um, that you've, that some of the best leaders that you've ever worked with have had, um, and having a chance to play for coach Cal, who's obviously an icon and a legend. Um, you know, what, what would you say you took from your relationship with coach Cal and how is that relationship now?
0: Uh, I talked to him a couple of days ago, man. Um, but, I promise you, man. Coach Kyle is is like, I'm not. I would say like a father figure to us, man. Um, I think it's deeper than what people see on the from the basketball side.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, and for me, man, he just showed me what it was, what it what it meant to fight for everything that you that you have and what you get. Um, and, and a lot of people don't know this story, but I, sh- I share it sometimes. Like when I transferred to Kentucky, um, he set me down in his office and he said, um, you know, and I'm a high level player, but I know Kentucky is different, it's levels. Right. And uh, he said me now and then he said, uh, hey man, you know, you might not ever play for me, um, but I want you to come here. And him telling me that face to face, like no lies, no BS, looking in my face and telling me that you might not ever play a second for me, but I want you to come here. was everything I I need to hear? Is everything I need to know about who he was as a person? Um, Because when you get recruited, man, you hear, I mean, you, you know, you hear all these, I want you to come and do this and do that. You're going to do this and do that. But he looked me straight in the face and said, I want you, but you might not have a play. And, um, you know, I had other schools at that time. was like, man, come be our point guard. You're going to play 30 minutes. You're going to do this. You're going to do that. I said, no, I'm going to play for that dude. And everything that you got, man, um, in the game or whatever you got, man, you had to work for it. You had to work. And that's one thing I I took from him and I think it's why my work ethic is, is what it is. It's because of, you know, every day, man, I had to bust my ass in practice, so he was going to let me know about it. Even if the games I wasn't able to get in or the time I wasn't playing or, you know, the times I was frustrated. Nah, he was on you every single day to, to be the best that you can be.
2: Love it, man. man. I love that. You ran at a at a higher level, right? You Most people are like, take the easy route. Hey, I want to be – tell me I'm the starter and I want to be able to shoot, you know, 20 times a game. Instead of – you went to the guy that said – Hey, you're probably not going to play for me, but I want you here. That that uh says a lot about you, right. right? And I think that's the what we talk about the underdog mentality is, you know, overcoming adversity to have success and he was already laying that adversity in front of you and say, "Hey, you're going to hit adversity here." There's five-star dudes, you know, Anthony Davis, <laughs> Rajon Rondo, Tayshaun Prince, and I'm going back a little. I to say here, Rondo
1: was long gone.
2: There's some uh there's ballers. I mean, but there's, but yeah, ballers, there's, I mean yeah, there's just straight up that's dudes in the, the Mecca and he's honest and I love that. That 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 says a lot um, about him as a coach and you more importantly, as a person. So what other things, I know there's, there's so many different things you mentioned, obviously taking your, uh, agency tests, I believe you said, or becoming an agent. Can you kind of explain that route as well?
0: Yeah. So, um, you know, once again, man, God's funny, you know, he, he, I feel like, you know, as I've, as I've learned to trust him man, it's like, he, he lays everything, he lays the foundation for you. And, um, you know, me going to Kentucky was more so of, it's like I've been kind of planning my steps in my life, you know. Um, you know, me going to UK, it was a, it was like, I wanted to be around those those guys. I wanted to see what it was like to be around nothing but NBA players, a coach that's coached NBA the NBA, um, you know, a program that's ran like the NBA. So, you know, even though we was all dedicated to basketball, I was also, you know, on the, on the outside, you know, kind of, uh, you know, trying to form relationships with, you know, different people. You know, try to learn as much as I can because I knew at that time I I had hip surgery already. My back was going bad. Like I wasn't going to be in I wasn't going to be a pro. And I knew that. And I had the awareness to understand that. Um, So it was something I always wanted to do. And then just so happened, man, uh, COVID was, you know, sorry for everybody that lost their lives and, you know, has affected so many families. But it was perfect timing because my mom was sick with cancer. And um, I had a lot of time to be able to study. Um, and a lot of people that I, that I reached out to, you know, were saying that you had to go to law school, that you had to be a lawyer. And then I figured, and then I found out that you, you didn't have to, you just had to study and you had to understand all the information that's in this in the CBA. And so it took me about eight months, man, I'm talking about hardcore. Um, you know, I kind of went away from the world, was helping my mom on one hand and, and um, studying on the other hand. And when I mean, when I mean went, uh, away from the world, like far of social media, um uh, you know kind of get off a lot of social media just focused on the test and i passed it on the first try and uh so, you know it's like a like a drink come true to me um and now this you know i'm here and now it's time to execute
2: love it congrats by the way but there's something i think important to pull out we awareness. call knowledge nuggets yeah. awareness there you go self-awareness and then you pivoted right yep. so you were self-aware about your hips and your back and then you were taking that awareness to a pivot point where you say, okay, hey, I can go down different avenues. I have a platform here. I have a great foundation, sounds like, with your mom, right? Even though you went grew up in the projects and went through adversity, you understood, hey, there's a route out now through through my abilities to play ball, but the ball goes flat, then he pivoted. Mm-hmm. That's incredible. Mm-hmm. Now, out of uh, curiosity, you got you know, your author, producer, speaker – Right. You got agent. all the agent. What What is your, you got four or five buckets, probably more than that. Knowing also, you're an entrepreneur. Yeah.
0: I mentioned, I mentioned, uh, I don't know if he was on that, but I mentioned So uh, I started AdVision, which is a publishing company. So um, I help other people uh, write and publish their books as well. Yeah. And, I saw, uh, I saw
2: you signed up. Uh, you had someone on Instagram signing a, signing a deal. I think looked like you yeah. were already, you're, you're already on the move there. So which bucket, what do you enjoy the most? I know that's a tough question. But what, what's your probably, you know, what, if you had to choose one or two, where would you go?
0: Um, I would say, you know, I love, of course, basketball is a play mm-hmm. Um, So I'm going to love, uh, you know, being an agent because I love basketball so much. But I would say, um, you know, before I get there, because I'm not all the way into that yet, um, speaking, getting on stage and, and and speaking and watching how, you know, you own your story and watch how your story transforms the mind of so many people. And and also, man, uh, creating. Um, I work extremely hard. I'm extremely um, disciplined into my craft. So you know, when I set my mood and set my table to to start writing or to 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 sit down and kind of brainstorm about um, some create something creative that I want to do, man. I think that's I think that goes. You know, I don't think a lot of people speak on that, man. It's the process behind the book, man. It's um, I put a lot of time into to stand up late and writing and and creating. So. I love them all. I, if I didn't love them, I wouldn't be doing it, man. So it's kind of a it's kind of a tough question, there, man. Because I kind of love everything that I do, I wouldn't be doing it. And there and there's gonna be bumps in the road. And that's one thing about me, man. I think I've I've been able to uh, form a threshold of I understand that you're gonna bump your head. I understand that, that pressures are gonna come. And now I've, I've got a it's like a layer to to me that understands that. So now when I hit adversity, it's like. It, I knew it was coming. It had to come. So it had to come. You know what I mean? And so instead of being down about something or, for instance, um, you know, when you step into everybody was like, uh, I reached out to, you know, I'm a person that ask questions. I didn't used to be that way. Growing up, I was, thought I knew I thought I had all the answers. But as I'm getting older, it's like, man, I, I don't know everything. So I'm going to ask. Um, and people don't give me the answer. That's on them. But I'm going to ask. And so I reached out to a bunch of people about, you know, what is it like to be an agent? A lot of people don't really know when to give you a lot of. A lot of knowledge, cause you know, um, like I don't know why not, but some people do, some people don't. But uh, a lot of people I've spoken to is like, man, you understand that you that you get into a doggy dog world, a dog business, cutthroat business. Um, it's hard. And my perspective on that is, it's not hard. Where I grew up, it's hard. Um, you know, my mom got cancer. That's hard. Um, you know, you got people that's dying every day where I come from. That's hard. So, you know, by me recruiting a player and not getting them, or if I do get them, or if I not get, them, if I don't get them. I'm, I'm on to the next. That's not hard. This is fun stuff for me. It's like, right now, this is fun. I get to talk basketball with a player, talk about, um, you know, h- how he wants to see his life, talk about this game. Um, I have a very uh, high, high IQ. I was a point guard. So I can kind of see what he what he does, what he doesn't do well. Like, that's fun. You know what I mean? If I don't get the guy, I don't get the guy. But that's just the way I up my perspective. You know what I mean? Like, no, nah, it's just fun. Like, hard is the people that struggling, the people that's homeless, the people that, that are dying out here. That's hard.
2: I wow. love it. But hold on. I got, I got, let's a spin rapid fire question. You said you like to listen and ask questions. Now I want you, if you're okay with that, to ask Calvin here, a question, put him on the hot seat. He's about to put you on it. So let's, <laughs> okay. let's give, give, give Calvin a question. What do you got?
0: Uh, so Calvin, so, um, you know, as you've been a former athlete, man, um, you know, what was that transition like from you, um, transitioning from being an athlete to, to what you do now, and what adversities did you hit, and how did you overcome those adversities?
1: Love it. Um. So, the transition was for me, I think, which is I, I you kind of say it a lot of athletes is, you know, what does that look like once it's done? Once the ball goes flat, as we as we keep hearing and people say now, what does that transition truly look like? And when you don't really know, because, you know, I, I'm not afraid to say it, there's not a lot of that coaching when you're going into the professional world leaving of what that's going to look like. So for me, it was really trying to figure it out. So, you know, I bounced around different careers, um, and I got into coaching and whatnot. Um, you know, I faced adversities from, you know, moving to a very small town in Indiana to making $11,000 a year living in a dorm as a 27 year old D two football coach to, you know, I had a seizure and, you know, I stayed at his house for about a week. Um, to just, you know, really just trying to find your way uh, and, and find my way. And I haven't found my way yet. You know, I don't, I don't know when you do truly find your way. Um, but I think for me, it was just going through those adversities and those different moments of trying to figure out what's the future going to look like. But then I think meeting my wife was probably the smartest thing and probably the healthiest thing that I ever did because she has been able to Still that extra level of motivation in me, but also like any great woman, puts you on course to to you know get you out of that being a knucklehead, if you will. You know what I mean. So uh, you know, for me, I think that's that's where I am right now. Uh, so yeah,
2: I like it. Okay. There we go. Okay, great. All right, nice. now let's put let's put him back on the hot seat. So. <laughs> Let's, uh, there you go. You fire away. You mean fire away? Yeah, you fire away first. I like that, by the way. That, we've never done that. We we're yeah, almost same. on our 100th episode. That's the first time we've actually put yeah. a little reverse yeah. course. Okay, guys. And yeah, of I'm course... Of if, if course, be, he hits all the spots. He gives credit to his wife. He does this, man, You, you, I, you, yeah, were, you yeah, never you know need. when she's, <laughs> yeah. You never know when she's gonna listen. He, he was like, all right, <laughs> if, if this ever happens, you did your preparation. I got to say this, 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 that. Yeah, you got it down. He, man. he teed up a good question too. So, <laughs> yeah, that was good, <laughs> that was right good on question. the spot. My man is obviously he's gifted. So,
1: um, if we Google, if we Google, Google, if we Google, twenty Beckham in five years, maybe ten years, what will we see?
2: I love
0: this question, man, because, you know, uh, and you say, that's you, funny, I knew this question was coming, um, because I know you, I heard you when you said, uh, you know, you, you interview people, and that's an interview, it's always an interview question, where you see yourself in five years, um, that's a question that, um, it's funny to me, that I hate, but I love, because if I would've told you, if you'd asked me five years ago, what I'd be, what I'm doing now, I, I wouldn't have said probably one thing, um, so... My answer today, man, is, is I'm focused on every day. Every day, I wake up and I want to get better as a person. I want to continue to to have a better relationship with, with, with God and keep relying on my faith and keep putting in the work to be disciplined, be focused, um, come in connection with guys like you, you all. And um, five years from now, man, I, I'm gonna be where I be. Um, that's where I answer. Nice,
2: like oh, I think you. I think he's the next. I'm just gonna say it out there. Was it uh, Paul? What's his name? LeBron's agent. You're going to be, you're going to take him down.
0: Uh, I just, man, it's, I couldn't, so, story, man, I, Um, of course, you know, Rich Paul's the hottest agent in the game right now. And, um, of course, I have a close friend of mine, Anthony Davis, who he represents. So, of course, you know, you, you read all his stories about LeBron and how he's put his friends on and how Rich Paul, you know, is you know, really navigating the space very well. And so, man, it'd be incredible. I've always told myself I'm going to be the next Rich Paul. Um, maybe it'd be credible to to, to learn from him or to, to connect with him. And saw him in Vegas. Walk right up, man. Shot my shot. We connected. Um, got his number. And uh, we talked on the phone a couple of days ago. And uh, you know, just confirmation that um, you know you could. You know, I could be him. Yeah. I'm gonna say that. Yeah. yeah. I'm not gonna say I will, but I have the confidence that if I work my butt off, you know, in five years, man, like you say, I could be that. Be him could be having that type of
2: impact yeah well you're not scared that's why i love i love in human beings is people like yourself that just aren't afraid to step out right yeah. you're not afraid to fail you're afraid to. you're not afraid of anything like you said it, like this is fun i love that too yeah you know i mean you're having fun and like you said you're you see rich paul and boom there you go so um yeah, sure. yeah let's let's go Who, who's a better here's a here's a fun one Are you wide receiver
1: quarterback Quarterback. Oh. oh, you see, see, I'm glad. See, I'm glad I asked. You were you were about to tee it up over here, so Whoa. I was a wide receiver. He, believe it or not, was not a D lineman I'm like a left or a tackle, left tackle. <laughs> he was a quarterback. So he was about to ask who was a better wide receiver, but I would probably have to flip the question. Well, 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 who has a better I
2: nickname?
0: Can probably, I, I can still throw it 65 60, yards easy.
2: Okay, I'm probably I've lost a little bit, but. And warm-ups in Purdue, I was a four-string quarterback. This is my claim to fame. 80 yards in warm-up <laughs> against Purdue. That wind was, win was humming. It was just hot.
1: <laughs> it was a hot
2: day. The ball was flying, and there's like 70,000 people at Purdue in West Lafayette. And I was catching punts, like the, the whatever. It was like pregame. I ran out there, and for whatever reason, a punt came my way. And the punter was literally on the opposing 15-yard line. I stepped and I threw it. I didn't even realize it. The punter goes, dude, do you realize how, how far you threw it? You threw it about 80 yard 80, 80. I said no. I had no idea. I just didn't want to look like a buffoon and throw a duck. <laughs> so <laughs> that's my story. But I don't have a
0: lot. I don't have a lot of regrets in life. But that's but that's one that I wish I would. I would have played both. Yeah, yeah. I was just as good as the football. Maybe like I like except maybe better. I could. I had a really. I was really talented throwing the football.
2: But but did you have a nickname like I, I came from a school called Granville? They called me the Granville Gunslinger. Did you have a cool nickname?
1: No, I didn't have. A nickname,
2: no. There we go. Tawani's yeah, just. 2020, 20, would go yeah. with 20.
1: Like it.
0: Yeah, you, you got me beat there. So <laughs> um,
1: just real quick. How many people tell you, you like Penny Hardaway?
2: Never heard that. That's the first. You ever heard Penny Hardaway? Yeah, I I know where you're yeah, I don't I don't think he looks like Penny. Right. Who does this guy look like?
1: <laughs> On his first <laughs> try.
2: Oh man, that is great. A hundred percent. Still to this day. Man. Big shot got some grays coming in, but Chauncey I think has grays coming in. So yeah,
1: that all the time that all, all the time. <laughs> big shot, big shot everywhere, big shot. everywhere I go. I get it. You look I get just it. Like, huh?
0: You look just like
1: him. Yeah, I've gotten it for I've gotten it since two thousand three when they first made the, when they first went to the finals. That's when I first heard it, and it, it never slowed down from there. <laughs> so, um, all right, last question. You mean ask it? All right, because he usually messes this question up. Um, before you answer it, you have to agree to help us with it. Help us with the answer.
0: Uh, I got yeah, I got you. Okay, 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 <laughs> okay. 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 All, right, all right, well, I was, I was
1: letting, like, whoa, uh, this might be, be our now. first no. I thought we had the bond going. <laughs> um, all right, so who is one person we should have as a guest here on the Underdog Podcast?
0: Does that have to be an athlete?
2: No, no, it can be anybody. It can be anybody? Yep. Mm-hmm. Someone that you can help make the connection and help us land on the show.
0: Um, I'm going to say, um, are y'all familiar with, uh, I'm going to say,
1: Darius Miller?
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know Darius. Da- no, you're yeah. thinking of Darius Miles. Um. Okay. See, he's a bass. He was a UK guy, right, or no?
0: Yeah, UK. Yeah, played in the NBA for yeah. Oh, okay. Like, seven, eight-year vet. Okay.
2: Yep, okay. I remember him, Darius yeah, Miller.
0: He, yeah, national champion at Kentucky. He was always on my team. With, he was on a championship team with me. Uh, played on. A, he played. In, uh, been in. Well, been in the NBA for eight years. What's he doing now? Uh, he's a free agent. Okay. He's a free agent. Yeah, but I like, guess was the last year of his two-year deal he signed with the Thunder
2: okay yeah we'd love to we'd love to have him on like note. we know coach Cal. Cowell. coach cow's on lockdown we've had a lot of people that know him he, he just doesn't do podcasts my man yeah he we, he, we, can't, he, t- we can't he's he, one guy we can't we got
1: yeah. urban meyer we've had jim trestle we cannot Harbaugh, touch coach cow
2: yeah, yeah, he <laughs> we literally had bob huggins was like hey i'll call he's like you know what just cow, cow does not do podcasts so <laughs> But it, uh, no, it's all good. It's um, nothing but love and, and appreciate your time, appreciate coordinating. And more importantly, you're doing great things out in the world. You are making this a better place to live and and uh, love following your journey. Going to definitely engage those that uh, – he's got three books. Hopefully I have them right here. Full Court Press, Pressure, How to Overcome Life's Challenges and Believe in Your Dreams okay. amongst all of the different projects. What is one way – is it best to go to your website, whoever wants to follow the content, or go to your social handles?
0: Yeah, uh, my website is social media handles. Either one matters. Uh, Twitter is Twani Beckham. My Instagram account is Twenty Beckham. My Facebook is Twanny Beckham. And then my website is TwannyBeckham.com. Love it,
2: love nice. it. And if, they wanna, if they're want, if they interested in booking you, I'm assuming they just go there and book and acquire. Yeah. Okay, yeah. fantastic.
0: You go to the website, there's a, um, there's a tab that says speaking, and you hit the speaking tab, and then uh, you can uh, select book. And then uh, I'll be there with a lot of energy, and I'm gonna change. I'm gonna, I'm gonna change the. I'm gonna change the room that day. Love it. So, if I y'all. Love got, it. So, so if I got any, um, you know, I, I would love to expand, um, you know. So, if y'all got any connections, you know, the, the, the high school, middle school areas out there, or even some corporate um, places, man, let me know. All right, refer, refer me. I'll come like it. the place.
1: Yeah, and and here's the deal too. Um, I don't know if you know. Um, Austin Hatch played played in Michigan. He survived two plane crashes. Um, yeah, he played in Michigan. We had him on a, a while back and he actually just reached out to me um, probably about three or four, probably about a month ago. Um, he had saw somebody on on LinkedIn that we I think maybe had had on or somebody from a university that he wanted to connect with. So he shot me an email and I just, you know, I I, I connected him via email and I think he set up a t- attempt to go talk to him because obviously he's trying to tell his story of being, he's lost his entire family in two plane crashes. He survived both of them. Um, ruined, didn't ruin his Michigan career, but obviously he wasn't able to play as much as he wanted to. Um, so it, it's a tremendous story. He's got an ESPN special as well. So he'd probably be a good guy for you to connect with as well. Austin's a great kid, man.
0: Okay, okay, yeah, man, connect us. Okay, um, gotta connect. And Connection. also, like, uh, I'll leave y'all with this, man. I, you know, I, I'm hopping into the agent space because one, you know, representation matters. Um, and two, you know, every kid right now, and, and um, I say, I ain't going to just say my, my my area, but the world, they want to be professional athletes. You know, I, I want to, you know, not only be an agent, but I want to I kind of inspire the world, get around the world and, and, and give the game back to let these kids know, man, if that don't work out, there's always another lane you can go into that they don't tell you when you're coming up that, you know, if you don't make this in the NBA, well, you still got an opportunity, you can go do business in the NBA. You, know, you can go work at NBA offices. You can do so many things in the NBA, but not, you know, by physically uh, sweating and making money. You can do so many other things. So, I definitely want to go and inspire, you know, a whole generation of people, um, so they see me doing it. I'm an ex-athlete, and I want to let them know they can encourage them that they can do it awesome yeah
1: definitely definitely man
2: I'm ready to go through I already feel that energy you're not even in our room and I'm feeling (laughs) it so I love it man good stuff man we'll we'll definitely appreciate your time look forward to staying connected we'll definitely be in touch and uh, best of luck
1: yeah absolutely man appreciate you man thank you very much all
0: right thank y'all man I appreciate it
1: all right we'll see you all right later